of these days that these verses can be memorized, these five verses, then you'll remember all these twenty values. Amanitva madam hitvam Ahimsakshantirarjavam Acharya upasanam shaucham Thayriyamātma vinigraha Indriyārtheshu vairāgyam Anahankāra evacha Janmamrityujara vyādhi Dukkhadoshānu darshanam Asaktirana Bhishvangaha Uttradara Grahadishu Nityanchasamachittatvam Ishtanishtopapattishu Maichananya Yogena Bhakti Ravya Vicharani 
विवेक्तेशन संसदे अध्यात्म तत्वर्शन प्रोक्त so in these five verses lord krishna narrates 20 values or 20 disciplines call them values call them sadhana or the means which lord krishna prescribes that a, a seeker of knowledge should necessarily cultivate and when to the extent that these values are cultivated all these values are nothing but the disposition of mind and to the extent that the disposition of mind is cultivated to that extent one becomes fit for gaining the knowledge as well as retaining or abidance in the knowledge two things are required one is to gain the knowledge other is to gain an abidance in the knowledge meaning that the knowledge becomes assimilated knowledge becomes mind it becomes spontaneous and that is when it is truly called knowledge so when this becomes spontaneous then it is truly called the knowledge and for that this qualification so this disposition of mind is required because absence of these disciplines or absence of these values is what we call the various obstacles which come in the way of my gaining the knowledge or my abidance in the knowledge in that lord krishna mentions amanitvam as the first one absence of pride absence of conceit or absence of pride see amanitvam we will find that there are several of these values where something is to be given up there are certain values where something is to be acquired so there are certain obstacles which are there certain doshas are there certain defects are there within ourselves which have to be given up and we must also acquire certain virtues so thus life has this twofold aspect one is to give up the defects which are there and to acquire the virtues so some of these values are of the nature of giving up something that we have which is an obstacle and some other values are those where we positively acquire some virtues in order to enhance our qualification of gaining knowledge or abiding in knowledge of that is amanitvam is one where manitvam is to be given up that particle a is in the sense of negation amanitvam meaning that absence of manitvam what is manitvam manitvam is a state of being a mani so they add this suffix tva to make it the the uh, abstract noun which is in the sense of the state of being a mani who is a mani mani is a person having a certain frame of mind so who is a mani manah asya sthiti mani the one who possesses manam is called mani what is manam manam means pride so this is how amanitvam is made from the word mana which means pride mani means proud manitvam the state of being proud amanitvam the absence of the state of being proud meaning that a state of mind or a disposition of mind wherein there is freedom from being proud
Meaning what? Being humble. That's what it means. Humility. So amanitvam can also be translated as humility or rather absence of pride. <coughs> what we'll discuss is pride actually. And then we will understand what is meant by absence of pride. And so, again as we say, we'll find that these values are universal values. Because there is a universal truth, there is a universal order, and these values are based on that order, on the truth. And therefore, by practicing these values, I am in fact following a way of life which is in keeping with that universal order or the universal value. And that's the whole idea. That I also gain what we call, I, I tune up with that universal order or the universal truth, there is a truth or there is an order and my tuning up with that. <coughs> and for that, this amanitvam. So, this amanitvam, the absence of pride is a universal truth. Wherever we see in the nature also, we do not find pride or boasting anywhere. So, this atmana shlagharam, boasting about one's own self, you know, the quality of this vanity, so vain person has this vanity of boasting about one's own self, proclaiming one's own glory and that's how demanding respect from others. Now we say that this, this only, all of these problems are typically human problems. This kind of problem of manitva or pride or proclaiming one's glory etc. is not there anywhere else. If you don't see anywhere in nature anybody demanding respect, that the sun says I am rising every morning and giving you the light, I mean how come you are not prostrating to me? Sun does not demand that we should prostrate or that we should respect it or you know, it just keeps doing whatever it is assigned to do in a very humble way. And every element of nature thus does exactly what it is required to do in a very with great humility and therefore there is no demand of respect, we do not find anybody demanding respect. As Swamiji always gives an example, like a flower, if you take a round in this, in the Gurukulam here, so beautiful flowers, they are just there. And it's all right that if I happen to look in that direction, I see the flower, I appreciate the beauty, I enjoy it. And suppose that does not happen, then also the flower doesn't have some kind of a, a mechanism by which to demand my, you know, attention. The Swamiji, look at me. It's all right. The flower just blooms. It has a fragrance, it has a beauty, whatever it is, it just blooms and it is what it is. This amanitvam or absence of pride, as I said, is a universal value. We said that these values also are basically derived from the nature of the self because the self of mine is the self of the whole universe. Self that I am is the self of the whole universe. And therefore, that order or the law of the universal order or the universal law that we are talking about is nothing but my own self. And therefore, amanitvam, the absence of pride also is the nature of atma, is the nature of self. The atma or the self has no pride at all. It does not demand any kind of an attention, does not demand any kind of respect. It is complete, it is whole, it is full and still it is silent. Whether we make note of it or not, it is always what it is. And therefore, Lord Krishna prescribes his value. So that as we say, by practicing these values in course of time, we live a life which is in keeping with our own nature. And that is a life of harmony. So whenever these values are violated then, 
actually we are violating our own self. If ahimsa, non-violence is the value, non-violence is the nature of the self. Truthfulness is the value, truthfulness is the nature of my own self. And therefore, whenever I violate any of these values, really I am violating my own self. And when I violate my own self, how can I ever know myself? So when I reject myself, violating myself means rejecting my own self. So when I reject my own self, where is the question of knowing myself? And therefore, accepting myself, respecting myself, a way of life which is in keeping with my own nature, and that will bring about a harmony within me. And so, practice of these values bring about, brings about harmony within myself. And when there is harmony within me, there is also harmony without me. <coughs> so, what is this manitva? Manitva means pride. And it is said here, avahit, so, tirohito avalepaha, a concealed pride. There are people who are proud inside. There are people who demand respect from inside, but they do not necessarily express it outside. Later on, Lord Krishna will talk about anahankara, absence of ahankara. Ahankara is expressed pride, you know. There are some people who really demand and who make it known. That's called ahankara. But there are many who do not, many of us I should say, because none of, nobody is free from this. So, not expressing or not making express or not expressing my just because I have not been respected enough. It is possible. Of course, the psychologists trace every problem to the childhood, you know. And so, because as far as they are concerned, there is no previous birth. As far as the Western scientist is concerned, or any scientist is concerned, they do not accept what we call the past birth. And therefore, they do not accept also the rebirth. And so, whatever I am has to be explained based on my, you know, my beginning from this birth. Because that is what they say that, that is when my existence began. And therefore, they will trace every problem to childhood. Alright, nothing wrong in it. But then it, it's okay, we would say that it is not merely a problem of childhood, it is something that we are carrying forward from the past also. Meaning that everybody also carries forward himself or herself those past tendencies. And the past samskaras or the impressions are carried. And that's the reason why everybody is born with their own unique tendencies. Otherwise, in the same family, children are treated essentially in a similar way by the parents. And still we find children sometimes quite different from each other. Even two twins also, even the identical twins also sometimes display quite different nature, dispositions. That shows that it is not merely the way that they are treated, but that they also bring something with themselves. Like every seed has its own impressions and therefore every seed has its own characteristic according to which there will be a sprout and there will be a plant and there will be a tree and similarly also each one carries with themselves this seed. And therefore I should say that even as we are born this tendency of always demanding attention and demanding respect seems to be there. And also if there is somebody who is a little less fortunate and therefore if he has not gained the adequate respect from his parents or from the elders or from the people who are important to him. Because for each one of us, there are some people who are very important. And therefore, their approval becomes very important to us. My father may be a very important person to, for me. My mother may be an important person. My uncle may be an important person. Somebody, my guru may be an important person. Some, there are some important persons. And therefore, their approval becomes very important to me. 
if I get approved by them, then I feel that I am all right. And if I do not get approval from them, I feel that I am not all right. So usually, for me to feel that I am all right, there seems to be a need of approval. When somebody declares that you are all right, then I feel that, okay, I must be all right. And that's the reason why constant attempt on my part to seek approval. But then why is it necessary for me to seek approval from others? Why should it be necessary for me that somebody should say, Swamiji, you speak very well. Then I think that I must be all right. <laughs> Swamiji, your book is so good, you know. Then I think that I, it must be good. Then I think that I, I must be all right. Since he says that. Then why is it so? Because I don't think that I am all right. I don't think that I write that well, I don't think that I speak that well, I don't think that my knowledge is really adequate. I do not think that I am quite alright or acceptable to me and therefore I do not have a great self-esteem about my own self. And most people suffer from a lack of self-esteem. It may not be shown outwardly but inwardly, everybody suffers from a lack of self-esteem which is natural. Because all the time I'm aware of myself, a human being is a self-conscious being, and I'm conscious of the world outside myself as well as I'm conscious of myself. And I always see, find myself to be a limited being. I find that I'm limited in my physical abilities, I'm limited in my emotions, I'm limited in my intellectual ability. What is meant by limitation in emotion? Sometimes I wish that I could love this person, but I just can't get around doing that. Sometimes I wish that I should be kind to this person, but I just cannot be. I find limitation. Limitation in my intellectual capacity. Certain things I just can't understand. In spite of reading several times, I just cannot. Swami Jesus, Bhagavad Gita, Om Sri, chapter 4, this discussion. I just can't. Intellect is limited. Then the faculties or personalities given to me are limited. It is a reality of life and it should be alright, but it is not alright to me. Why is it not alright? Because I judge myself by the I judge myself by the really the capacity of my personality because of ignorance. All this pride etc. all of this is in fact born of ignorance and because of ignorance what happens is that not only I do not know the true nature of myself but then I take myself to be quite contrary to what I am. As we have been discussing since last three days that this body is Kshetra. So therefore Lord Krishna opened this chapter by the statement, idam sariram kaunte kshetram iti abhidhyate. Understand Arjuna that this body is kshetra, is the object of your knowledge, is not you. This body is not you. The sense organs are not you. The mind is not you. The intellect is not you. Why was it necessary to say that? Because habitually I take these things to you myself. No, that is, this is a problem going on from the time beginningless. And thus, I find myself a limited being and I cannot accept that limitation. Therefore, there is definitely a self-non-acceptance. And since I do not accept myself, and sometimes I do not respect myself also, the self-non-acceptance with everybody. But again, in the process of my upbringing, if somehow I have not been respected, or somehow, sometimes I have been in fact rejected. Sometimes the parents have such demands upon their parents. I shouldn't use parents and children. The thing is that sometimes there are demands upon me by others that I just cannot please them. 
and so particularly people who are important to me, when I cannot please them, when I cannot measure up to their expectations, then I really feel very bad about myself. And that is how this sense of my being not all right, my not really respecting myself, my not having a great self-esteem is something common to all the human beings. As I said, this is basically a human problem. And therefore, need for me to get approval, need for me to be respected. Because when somebody respects me, then I feel that I am respectable. Of course, there is a tremendous need on my part to feel that I am respectable. But since I do not quite respect myself, therefore, there is a need that somebody should respect. When somebody respects me, then I feel that I am respectable and then I feel all right about myself. And I say, a need to feel good about myself is there. And since I do not feel good about myself by myself, therefore, there is a need for someone to accept me, approve me. And then, I feel that I must be expect acceptable. And that is then, I feel good about myself. And that's the reason why a constant demand for attention, a constant demand for respect. This is the manitvam. This, this is natural. Everybody has become a big problem because all kinds of hurt is created from that. Whenever I feel hurt, understand that this manitvam must be there. This pride must be there. This demand of respect must be there, otherwise nobody can hurt me. A flower which does not demand any respect from anybody cannot be hurt whether I look at it or I don't look at it. But if you do not look at me, I feel hurt. Even as you are sitting there in the class and listening to this, if I find that somebody's attention is not towards me, somebody is looking at the ceiling or somebody is looking down, somebody is looking somewhere else, it's quite possible that I may interpret that as a disrespect to me or as ignoring me. You know, it's possible. It's my problem, not your problem. And then I feel hurt. There were 50 people sitting in front of me, only one person. It's not enough, that, you know, all that is required is just one person. Not looking at me, just feeling bored and sitting there, you know. What suppose? And thus, whatever behavior is there, which I interpret as not respecting me, that is enough to hurt me. And therefore, that I am prone to be hurt. And so these people who demand respect always get hurt. Because first of all, other people do not know that I want respect. Other people do not know. You do not know that it is necessary for me to, that my eyes be glued only on the Swami and then alone he feels good about it and then when I look in some other place, that's what happens, you know. If somebody happens to, suppose the child happens to come along and, and child walks like this, you know, sometimes. Everybody looks there. All the way in, the eyes follow until that fellow goes out. <laughs> and here I am shouting at the pitch top of my, you know, pitch and then nobody looks at me. I say, look at this. The child receives more attention than I do. And thus, not receiving attention hurts me because of a need to receive attention, a need to be respected, need to be acknowledged. And everybody has this in one measure or the other. But Lord Krishna says that this manitvam, all this, all the time seeking respect, 
demanding respect. Having that pride is a big obstacle because it creates a lot of conflict or disturbance in the mind. As I said, because very often people don't even know that I demand respect. And even if they know, they may not know my definition of respect, you know. Sometimes people do respect me. But if the expression of the respect is not in keeping with my expectation, you know, people do respect. And so when the Swami enters their home, they respect. Swami is coming. But then I, if you look at these people, did not bring a Purna Kumbha, you know. What is Purna means? What is Purna Kumbha is that you receive a Swami with a pot full of water, with a coconut, the traditional thing. Look at these people. No, they do not know that this is what the Swami expects from us. I just keep myself in the discussion just to make it easy, you know. That doesn't mean that I necessarily expect. Some people say, Swami, is that how it is, you know? Is it how it is? But I just know myself and that's the reason why it's easy for me to talk, you know, in this way. But as I said, that people may not necessarily know what my expectation of respect is. And they respect it in their own way. But it does not in fact meet, meet with my expectation of their expression. And then I feel disrespected. It's how it is. Swamiji, well, I, you are invited. I was invited in that wedding. You know, I felt very happy that, you know, I felt good that I was invited. But Swamiji, when I went in there, they did not, you know, nobody welcomed me. Oh, they welcomed me all right and they led me to a table, but not to that table, you know. <laughs> on the table I was made to sit, but not on the head of the table. And so, people do not know sometimes what it is that I expect from them. And therefore, Inadvertently, they wind up hurting me. So these people who demand, and then stronger this manitam, stronger the sense of pride, then more intense is going to be hurt. More and more occasions are going to be there for hurt, and more intense the hurt will be, stronger the pride is. Sometimes they know that they should respect me, they don't care to respect me also sometimes, you know, why should I respect him? Oh, sometimes they respecting business because of mutual game that, well, when I came to your house, you did not do this, then when you come to my house, I won't do that. See, in India, when they invite people for weddings and things like that, then they also give gift and they make notes, you know, of what gift is brought by whom. How many rupees of gift is given or what is good. They make a note of that. I know, I remember having seen this. So when then people have visit you know, weddings in their homes, then they see what is it that they had given me when they came to my house and that is what I will give it to them. And therefore, I will give respect to the person to the extent that they respected me. And therefore, very often expression of this respect is very conditional. That I, if I meet my, if I meet their conditions, then they will respect me. And if I fail to respect them, then the respect will stop coming to me. And so, as I said, sometimes people know that I should respect them. They don't care. Because he thinks that he is by bigger than me. You know, that's another thing. Sometimes it happens to the sadhus also, you know. Within a number of, number of, I shouldn't say all of these about sadhus, but anyway, <laughs> somehow it has come to me. And so, when you invite number of them and they are all sitting on one platform and everything else, 
If you ever organize this kind of thing, then you should know, you must know the protocol as to who should occupy what kind of a seat and all of this. Of course, we know this protocol when you invite people at your home and dining table, you know, who should sit where. And so the host decides, okay, you sit here. Okay, you sit there. You sit beside Swamiji. You sit there. You know, things like that. And similarly also, if you invite any revered people or any, you know, then you should know the protocol. And it's quite possible that if a person is not given the kind of seat that he thinks he deserves, then a person can get, you know, uh, in short, manitvam, pride means hurt, that's all. Somebody told me, Swamiji, I have no pride. I asked him one question, do you ever get hurt? Yes, Swami, that I do. If you get hurt, that means that you have pride. <coughs> and so, and when I get hurt, what happens? Well, it completely disturbs my mind. You see, we are talking in the context of knowledge, Lord Krishna is giving these values. What kind of mind do I require in order to listen to the scriptures? A mind that is free from conflict, is it not so? What kind of mind do I require to meditate or contemplate upon the self or upon anything? A mind that is free from conflict. A mind that enjoys the composure. A mind that enjoys the leisure. A mind that enjoys tranquility. That's the kind of mind that I require. But then, because of my demanding respect, I get hurt again and again, and my mind keeps on nursing that hurt. Very often I find myself planning as to how to take revenge, you know. He did that to me, and I will wait for an occasion when I can also return that favor or disfavor, whatever. And so, these people who are hurt, very often they do that. In fact, they create occasions. I can only tell you a story which is told in the scriptures, which we talked in Mahimna Stodra, where there is a story. There is an, I mean, you know, there is an event where uh, all the devatas are there, all, you know, and, and the Brahma, the creator is there, and all the big devatas are there, and there is one person called Daksha Prajapati. He is also, he is also a, a very important person, because he is a creator also. He is there. Then, so this, this sabha or gathering is there, and Daksha Prajapati, he enters this sabha. Everybody stood up, in respect to Daksha Prajapati. But Lord Shiva did not stand up. You know, Lord Shiva is always lost in, in something, you know, therefore, perhaps he did not notice that Daksha came, or what happened? He did not stand up. And Daksha Prajapati noted that. And he was very upset. He says, Who is it? Is it also turned out that Lord Shiva was his son in law? That's it. The daughter of Daksha Prajapati was married to Lord Shiva. And therefore, this Daksha Prajapati got very upset. What does the Duk think of himself? He is my son-in-law, he is junior to me, he is supposed to stand up and he is supposed to rise and give me respect, he doesn't do that, and he has insulted me in front of everybody else. He blabbered a lot. But then still he was not satisfied. And therefore, he deliberately schemed to create an occasion where Lord Shiva will be publicly insulted. And thus, he organized a big Yaga, Organized a big yajna he organized, invited all the devatas, invited the rishis, and everybody was there except Lord Shiva. Just to, to make it very clear that I do not respect him. So this is what people do. They in fact go out of their way to take the revenge. 
And sometimes we don't do that. But in our mind, we always keep on planning sometimes. Or in the mind, sometimes it did work. That I, he also deserves that. Land. You know, I may at least wish that something should happen to that fellow. And so this feeling of hurt and creating all these kind of disturbance in my mind. So that is a state which is certainly not desirable, not only for the person seeking knowledge, it is not desirable for anybody. And so, Lord Krishna here prescribes Amanitvam, absence of pride. <coughs> absence of pride meaning, there is only one thing, self-respect is okay. To self-respect is one thing, to pride is another thing. But Swamiji, what is the difference between self-respect and pride? Self-respect is being able to respect oneself and being conscious about one's dignity. There must be a sense of dignity about myself. That I am father, I am mother, I am son, I am this, I am a professor, I am a student, whatever it is that I am. I am husband, I am wife and an awareness of one's dignity. So that one will not conduct, conduct oneself in a manner which is not befitting the dignity, that's all. So really self-respect should be that by which I will always conduct myself in a dignified way. Self-respect does not mean demanding respect. Self-respect means and in fact living up to a certain dignity. <coughs> people generally, generally, people interpret self-respect as demanding. Swami, I have my self-respect. I won't go there again. But this is in fact demanding respect. This is what we call the pride. And so, number one, to recognize that I have this or not. Following the values requires these kind of things. First of all, to understand the understand what is meant by pride. Secondly, to have a value for becoming free from pride. A value. Only when Amanitvam becomes valuable to me, then alone I will be able to practice it. And it is valuable to me when I recognize that this Manitvam of the pride again and again causes hurt in my mind, again and again disturbs my mind and I cannot enjoy that peace of mind and therefore I cannot enjoy my life. So I have everything but I am not happy. Why am I not happy? Because I don't find that respect. And so I cannot enjoy As we know very well that for being happy not only do I require the means of happiness but I also require a capacity to enjoy those things. It's not enough that I will think of enjoyment or means of enjoyment, but I also require a capacity to enjoy them. And that capacity is nothing but a certain disposition of mind, which is a mind that enjoys certain tranquility, a certain composure. And this pride or hurt disturbs the tranquility, disturbs the composure. And therefore, a value of this value, value of becoming free from pride. If that is valuable to me, then of course I will make a conscious attempt to do this. And then I observe myself. Do I have pride? Because some people are not even aware that they need to do something about you know. And to observe that a given thought or a given response is, or given expectation is called pride. And then just to, to, to observe my mind and identify the tendency if it is there, you may be fortunate or you may be a mature person and you may not have that. 
That's what we call an emotionally mature person who is free from these problems. But most people have it in the effort to recognize whether or not the pride is there in my mind or not. And then to deal with it. What should I do, Swamiji? To deal with my pride. The method that is suggested is the Pratipaksha Bhavana. Then create the opposite feeling. What is opposed to pride? Or what is that diffuses pride? A sense of humility. Humility is that which will diffuse the pride. In fact, this pride has, has really no meaning. It doesn't make sense to have pride. It is only out of ignorance that ignorance not only of the Atma, but ignorance of the realities of life also that this pride comes into me. Because I am proud of what? Oh, I am proud of my learning. I am proud of my position. I am proud of my wealth. I am proud of my family. I am proud of my lineage. People are proud of various things. Somebody is proud of the appearance. Somebody is proud of the learning. Somebody is proud of a certain family or lineage. Somebody is proud that I belong to a certain caste. Somebody is proud because I belong to a certain group. And therefore pride comes because of various things. I ask this question, how did I happen to get this? How did I happen to get this learning? How did I happen to, you know, how can I be proud because I am born in a certain family? I have not done anything to, to, to you know, I haven't done anything about it. I just happened to be born in a certain family. And therefore, I should recognize the fact that all of these are really gifts given to me. That I am born to certain parents, I am fortunate. And it is grace of God, I am grateful for that gift. And therefore, there should be a sense of gratitude rather than a sense of pride. That I am I'm a learned person. Well, it's, it's fortunate, I am fortunate that I am a learned person. The learning has come to me. That God has gifted me with a mind, with an intellect, which has the capacity to learn. And not only that, there are many people having capacity to learn, but no opportunity to learn. So not only am I gifted the capacity to learn, but I was also gifted the opportunity to learn. These days the education has become so expensive that some parents just cannot afford. That my parents could afford, or whatever it is, and that I got the education learning, it is a gift. I should be in fact grateful. Oh, I am proud about my appearance. I'm proud about my, I'm, I'm a handsome person, I'm a beautiful person, all right. There is nothing to be proud about. I haven't created the body. It is also given to me. And thus when we think of anything about which I am proud, Swamiji, this, I'm a wealthy person, I'm a self-made person. Nobody has given me this wealth. I have created the wealth. Am I not the author of this? But you created the wealth only when you had the capacity to create it. Somebody gave you opportunity to create. And therefore, there is also due to the gift that you receive. That you are wealthy because you possess certain capacities. And these capacities are given to you. Enjoy the wealth. It's good to be wealthy. It's good to be learned. It's good to be beautiful or handsome. It's good to be all of this. All of these are meant for us to enjoy. But we cannot enjoy them when we are proud. Then we can enjoy only when somebody actually acknowledges. Until then I cannot enjoy that. Even my own beauty I cannot enjoy unless somebody says, Oh, you are a beautiful person. 
I cannot enjoy my own wealth unless somebody acknowledges that I am a wealthy person. So a proud person cannot enjoy what he has or she has. And this pride in fact deprives me of the joy of what it is that I have. It is sense of gratitude that creates the right frame of mind. And therefore, that which diffuses pride is what we call the sense of gratitude. And that is really practical. So when you look at the realities of life, then we realize that there is no place for pride at all. Or there is no reason for me to be proud. And thus, pride is diffused by humility. So whenever my mind demands respect from somebody, I should remind my mind that, look, don't demand respect. You are creating a possibility. You are yourself creating a possibility of being hurt. You are yourself creating a possibility of pain for your own self. And therefore, oh mind, do not demand respect. But if they don't respect me, then I am not a respectable person. Understand that you are a respectable person as you are. And thus, learn to accept yourself. Enjoy whatever thing you have. God has made everybody unique and has given unique capacity to everybody. Everybody may not be a wealthy person, everybody may not be a big surgeon, everybody may not be a, a prime minister or chief, whatever it is. Doesn't matter. Everybody, every flower is not a rose. Every flower is not a lotus. There are some modest flowers also. But then, it has its own uniqueness. As we said the other day, who is greater? Is a mountain greater or a squirrel is greater? And so mountain proclaims before the squirrel, Oh squirrel, you are just an insignificant creature. What a, look at me, how great I am. And I am carrying all these forests and everything on my back. What are you doing? Nothing. The squirrel saying God was pretty smart. Otherwise squirrel would have felt really miserable. The squirrel says, yes I know. You are carrying forests on your back and rivers you are carrying on your back. I cannot carry them. But then I can break a nut. Can you do that? Mountain cannot do that. So who is greater? Everybody has a unique place in the scheme of things. Nobody is created equal, really speaking. Although they say everybody, all men are created equal. Nobody is created equal. But then they are equal in one sense that all of them are Brahman. That way they are equal. But as far as, we are not talking about that as yet. All of these are the values in Vyavahara. When it comes to Paramahasa, meaning that absolute truth, there is no question at all about the pride. But even there is no question of pride, or pride doesn't make sense, even in our practical day-to-day life. And therefore be happy with yourself. Accept yourself. That I am what I am is okay. Whereas I have a commitment to grow as much as I can, but at the same time, accept myself. Not be proud of myself, but be satisfied with myself. Be happy with myself, enjoy myself. Then God has also given enough things to enjoy. As Swamiji always points out, look at the body, what a wonderful creation it is. Just enjoy it. No, but you know, my stomach is bulging. and Don't worry about that. But still, the body is beautiful because it's a fantastic, you know, technologically the most advanced thing. There is a computer in the form of my brain and there is a, a chemical plant in the form of my liver and there is all kinds of things going on in there. And every cell is functioning, whatever it is doing, and thus it is a beautiful creation. And therefore, enjoy it. That you can breathe, enjoy it. 
They can walk, enjoy. What is there to enjoy, Swamiji? Well, ask somebody who cannot walk, then you'll find out what is meant by enjoyment in walking. And therefore, just accept yourself, you know, respect yourself. And so, respecting myself, accepting myself also is very important. Because if I do not accept myself, how can I ever know the self that is acceptable? Ultimately, I have to recognize that I am the most acceptable one. I am Brahman. I am Purna. I am a whole and complete being. And therefore, in every way I am acceptable. The reason why the pride arises is only because of equating myself with the personality. If I do not equate myself with the personality, if I recognize myself from what I am, then I am the self. I am a whole and complete being. There is no question of non-acceptance at all. But that will happen someday. Someday it will happen that I recognize that in spite of limitations of the body, I am limitless. In spite of limitations of the body and the mind and everything, in fact, I am limitless. But that's what we call knowledge. But that will happen someday, when I will discover myself to be totally acceptable to me. But in order for me to discover acceptability of myself, I must relatively accept myself. And that is what is meant by the absence of pride, meaning that acceptance of myself, so that this keen desire or a keen need to be accepted by others slowly and slowly reduces. <coughs> In fact, best things to respect others, you know. Amani manado manya In Lord Vishnu, 1000 names of Lord Vishnu, and some of the names are like this. Amani, Manado, Manya. He is Amani. About Lord it is said, Amani, one who does not have any manam, one who does not have any pride at all. Not only that, Manadaha, one who gives respect to everybody. One who does not demand any respect from others. Not only that, but one who gives respect to everybody. That would be wonderful. If you want respect, the best thing is to respect others. Even the, even the need for the being respected can be best fulfilled by really respecting others. And so, Amani Maradaha, the Lord is the one who not only does not demand the respect, but is the one who respects everybody. And so, giving respect is considered to be the greatest charity. Even if you give great charity, but you do not give it respect, it is no value. You give little, but give with respect, it is very valuable. Because what is valuable to a person is respect more than anything else. And therefore, giving respect is a very good way of slowly overcoming the need for being respected by others. And so, Amanitvam, for some reason, Lord Krishna gives it the first place. In all the twenty values that Lord Krishna is describing, Amanitvam, but everybody uses Manam. As you said, Manam means pride, but even the word Manam also comes from the root Ma. Originally, Ma means to measure. Manam means measuring. I measure myself. In reality, who am I? In reality, I am limitless. But I have measured myself, meaning that I have measured myself equal to my body or equal to my personality. And that is how the mana means equating myself to the personality. And then feeling, feeling insufficient or inadequate. And then demanding the respect so that I feel adequate or sufficient. 
So you can see how this arises basically from ignorance. Ignorance creates in me a sense of equating myself with the personality and that's how this sense of smallness comes and this sense of smallness which makes me a proud or a demanding person. And therefore, whenever pride arises in myself, I remind myself, look, you are not what you take yourself to be. You are not a small or insignificant creature. You are all right. And if you think that you are going to be great at the level of personality, you can never be. I mean, you know, you can become mighty, but you can never become almighty. You can become wealthy, but never can become wealthiest. No Swamiji is so and so is the wealthiest person in the world. How long? Somebody else will come along, you know. Depends on what you where, which stocks you are investing in and where they are going up and down. And so, therefore this pride, etc. Shankarajara says, Ma koru dhanajana yauvana garvam harati nimeshat kala sarvam. Ma koru dhanajana yauvana garvam. Never have garva or pride of wealth or of youth or all of this. Never have pride. Hard nimesha kala sarvam, all of these can be taken away by time in a moment. Youth can go, beauty can go away in moment. Wealth can go away in moment. Your following can go away in moment. Your position of power can go away in moment. Not that we want that it should go away in moment, but this is what it is. And therefore, depending upon these things, for me to feel good about myself, this does not make sense at all. And that is how. Just looking at all these various aspects of Manipton, then we realize the uh, lack of discrimination or lack of intelligence that is involved in feeling this Manipton or the pride. And this is very important. Everybody has this. Nobody is free from that. It's just a matter of the degree. Somebody has it in more intensity and somebody has it in less intensity. Somebody makes the demands clear, loud and clear. Some people do not make them loud and clear. But everybody has them. And we discover that we have this Manitma of pride whenever we get hurt. So that's a good occasion to discover the, what kind of pride do I have? How did it arise? And how to deal with it? How to become free from that? So therefore we can learn. From every experience of hurt or insult, we can learn. Because insult can be there when pride is there. So that will reveal what kind of pride do I have and that will also help me how to deal with that. And so I think this is one of the very important values, that's the reason why and something that is common to all human beings, that's the reason why perhaps Lord Krishna places here as the very first one, Amanitvam, that is the pride. Amanitvam means absence of pride or what we call humanity. <coughs> okay, we will continue. In the next class. <clears throat> Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadarayanam Sutra Bhashakrutau Vande Bhagavanta Upunapunaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om